Hello there, old and new friends. Welcome to Divine Musing, episode 25, Sold into Egypt. I am Destiny Rambo Corey, and I am so thankful that you have joined me for this journey into scripture, literature, poetry, and prayer as we view them through the light of transformation and growth. Here's something I've been thinking about lately. We begin with a quote from the book, Sold into Egypt by Madeleine LaEngel. I just finished reading this wonderful work of literature that tells the story of Joseph from the angles of all of his family members, from his father to his brothers who sold him into slavery to his Egyptian wife. Madeleine breaks this story down. It's a rich story, and she manages to break it down into bite-sized digestible pieces that I'm still recovering from. I strongly recommend this book, especially if you are walking through a season where hope feels lost. Today's musing will be derived from portions of Joseph's story that we can glean from, and all our literary references will be from Sold into Egypt by Madeline LaEngle. We begin here. Because we have failed to listen to each other's stories, we are becoming a fragmented human race. I tried to listen to the story of Joseph and his brothers and of his father Jacob because it is a story of human beings becoming more human through their adventures and misadventures. The story of Joseph is a journey of a spoiled and selfish young man finally becoming, through betrayal, anger, abandonment, unfairness, and pain, a full and complex human being. I have much to learn from his story. If you are listening today and unfamiliar with the biblical story of Joseph, here is an incredibly brief but direct synopsis of the tale that is told beginning in Genesis chapter 30. It finishes out Genesis and extends into the early chapters of Exodus. Joseph was one of Jacob's 12 sons. He was the grandson of Isaac and the great-grandson of Abraham. His father loved him more than any of his other children, and he gave him a colored cloak. His brothers were jealous of their father's love for him, as well as his ability to interpret dreams, and they sold him into slavery, then lied to their father and told him that Joseph had been eaten by a wild beast. He was then taken to Egypt and eventually became a steward to a man named Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials. Potiphar's wife tried unsuccessfully to seduce him, and after false, ex false accusations were leveled at Joseph, he was imprisoned. In prison, he interpreted the dreams of the Pharaoh's chief butler and baker, which later on led to him being called upon by the Pharaoh himself to interpret one of his dreams, which he did. He was then made governor of Egypt and wisely rationed the country's produce in preparation for a time of famine that he had interpreted from the Pharaoh's dream. During the famine, Joseph's brothers, minus the youngest Benjamin, came to Egypt to plead with the governor of Egypt for supplies and for food. They did not recognize their brother, but after a long and kind of complicated time of Joseph testing them, he was satisfied that they were reformed and he identified himself with great joy. Joseph then invited his father and brothers to come and settle with him in Egypt. 
We really don't know how long Joseph was imprisoned before the baker and the butler arrived. Scripture does tell us, though, that it was another two years after his encounter with them that he was called to Pharaoh to interpret his dream. What a roller coaster those years must have been, going from being his father's favorite son, strutting around in this multicolored cloak and boasting about his dreams, especially one that one day his brothers would all bow to him. Then he was sold into a pit, or thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, worked his way up in Potiphar's house, only to be thrown into the chains of prison over false accusations. Madeline shares a beautiful insight of this moment in the book. I turn to the Psalms, not only when I need comfort, but as a daily devoir, reading the Psalms each day so that at the end of the month, I have read all 150. One evening I was reading in Coverdale's translation and came to the verses about Joseph's imprisonment and read, the iron entered his soul. In most other translations it reads, they put an iron collar on his neck. But I like the implications of the iron entered his soul. Joseph was still in the process of maturing, developing from the pampered boy to the strong man. Not many people can relate to the story of Joseph in a literal sense of being sold into Egypt, but many of us can relate to being trapped in a life that it seems we can never break free of. We know deep within us that divine has a purpose for our existence, but at every turn, things seem to go wrong. How many days does it feel like the iron chains of darkness are doing everything they can to enter our soul? Sadly, we live in a world where darkness is continually fighting to have a stronghold over humanity. The story of Joseph really shows us that darkness can try to overtake us from anywhere, from his childhood home to his family to an entitled employer. The struggle never seems to let up. The good news is that even in the midst of betrayal and turmoil surrounding us from all sides, there is hope. Madeline further states, the powers of darkness are at work. Another word for them is ekthroi, Greek for the enemy, and the ekthroi too are fighting for the light. Lady Julian of Norwich wrote, he said not, thou shall not be troubled, thou shall not be travailed, thou shall not be distressed, but he said, thou shall not be overcome. It is God's will that we take heed to these words, that we may be ever mighty in faithful trust in weal and woe. I'd never heard the word weal before, so I had to look it up, and it means a sound, healthy, or prosperous state. So what she's communicating is that we must be faithful in our trust, essentially in prosperous times and in times of calamity. The scripture that she's referring to is John 16, chapter 33. And I love the way that it's worded in the Living Bible translation. I have told you all this so that you may have peace of heart and mind. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but cheer up for I have overcome the world. Madeline summarizes Joseph's experiences in a way that's really, it puts a perspective on things in a way that we can personally relate to, whether we are in the wheel or in the woe portion of our story. Joseph was forced to look low for the creator, dumped into a pit, sold to strangers, 
sold again in Egypt, thrown into prison, catapulted into power. And with each strange reversal, he grew, grew into a human being. To grow into a human being is not to grow into humanism, for the humanists believe only in man, able to do it on his own without the help of God. To be a human being is to know clearly that anything good we do is sheer gift of grace, that God's image in us shines so brightly that its light is visible. If you are in a place like that of Joseph, whether in the pit or in what seems like prison that you can't escape and long for the rescue of divine to bring you out of that darkness and into the light, then why don't we pray this prayer together? Divine Creator, I am calling out to you from what feels like the pit of total despair. I have encountered season after season of betrayal, hurt, turmoil and rejection, and I long to be pulled out of these dungeons and into the palaces you created me to dwell in. Meet me in my frailties and shine the light of your grace and hope into the darkness that envelops me and pull me up from the bottom. I have lived too long in this state of hopelessness, perpetuated by cycles of hurt, and I am seeking your deliverance. Let the healing power of Holy Spirit flow through my veins and remove any of the iron that is seeped into my body, mind, soul, and spirit. I will no longer be defined by my chains or my woes, but by my testimony of breakthrough and restoration. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to leave you with one final quote from Sold into Egypt by Madeline Engel. We don't get over the deepest pains of life, nor should we. Are you over it? Is a question that cannot be asked by someone who has been through it, whatever it is. It is an anxious question and asking for reassurance that cannot be given. During an average lifetime, there are many pains, many griefs to be born. We don't get over them. We learn to live with them, to go on growing and deepening and understanding, as Joseph understood, that God can come into all our pain and make something creative out of it. I hope this musing has given you a little something to think about, too. Thank you so much for joining me today for Divine Musing. For more information, head over to www.rambocory.com. I would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash destiny makes music or on Instagram and Twitter at Des Rambo Music.